Monster Production brings you Under the Water Tower, presented by Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. And now, here are your hosts, Matt Crane and Derek Biglane. Good evening, Matt. Good evening, Derek. This is Thursday evening. We're recording the show, and it is first time I think we've ever recorded on a Thursday evening. I uh, had to make this special recording because we were not going to record this until we knew the fate of the Ole Miss Rebel baseball team. And from the intro song, I think that you know how that went. If Ole Miss, I'm, I'm so excited that we're going to the National Championship Series. And for any podcast listeners that don't know what we're talking about, Ole Miss now gets to play Oklahoma for the best two out of three, just like Mississippi State did last year in Omaha for the national title. Derek, I'm going I'm to make a hot take right here. If Ole Miss wins and we have a parade or have a big thing for the national champion, Ole Miss Rebels, the band should play Dixie. <laughs> okay. the band, you know what? We're, we, would change, okay. we would change our university forever. Win a national title, play Dixie. But the band plays Dixie, slow Dixie, slow in, Dixie, in the Grove while we celebrate the Ole Miss Rebels if we win the national title and we go back to being a, uh, hey, to heck with y'all university. We're awesome. Go have it. Wow. Probably not going to happen. That's, I'm going yeah. to say that's not going to happen. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, but could not be excited, more excited. Oh yeah, about what just happened. Uh, the the Ole Miss wins two nothing. Uh, just an absolute masterful job of pitching. Uh, if they have not built the, the statue yet, to Delusia that they should they should they should yes. start on it right now. Great um, pitching performance. I mean, the guy comes all has not lost. I think since like April. I mean, has did not lose. I think any series. I don't think in May uh, does not lose at all in the postseason. Comes in off of he had pitched uh, last week, pitched last what Friday, and so no pitched last Saturday. Uh, five six days later, he is now five days later. He is now pitching again, all nine innings. He was awesome. Uh, Four hit shutouts, seven strikeouts, got just enough offense. Unfortunately, or fortunately, I guess, scored the same amount of runs we scored last night, which could have ended it without him having a pitch. Doesn't matter. Uh, doesn't, doesn't matter, matter. <laughs> now. We're in the championship series going to Omaha. I'm contemplating how I'm getting to Omaha, you trying should. to figure that out. And uh, anybody else, text me uh, if, uh, if anybody's going. If if I don't go, I'll let you know. If my family decides not to go, we've got to figure all this out. So just a very exciting time. First time in our lifetime, my lifetime, that Ole Miss has played for a national championship in any of the big three sports, uh, maybe in, in most people's lifetime, depending on how you feel about the claimed national championships that were not part of an overall, you know, one-two type game. So, yeah. I mean, awesome. What? Ole Miss fans will travel. It'll be really, really good. Oh, I mean, huge. It'll be, yeah, I mean, Oklahoma's obviously closer to Nebraska, but um, just going to be awesome. I was so excited jumping around with my son. Very uh, excited to get there. Just to have the opportunity, we could win two out of three. We could lose two out of three. We could we could be swept out of two. I don't know. But to have Ole Miss get three more days of being talked about on the national scene is wonderful for the university. Again, just like Mississippi State last year. Yeah. That is wonderful, wonderful advertisement for our school. And um, I'm very, very excited. Just for those of y'all that follow along, you know, they have the jello shot thing going on. Uh, the, the, the well, school. now Ole Miss is going to win because well, Arkansas is gone. Matt, not only – I don't know. I hadn't seen the total, but I do know that at, right after the victory happened, uh, there was a, a person slash company that bought two thousand Jello shots for nine thousand dollars. So I don't know where that two thousand puts us now. But since yeah, the Arkansas is going home, unless they're calling in from the phone ordering Jello shots, uh, we should have a chance to uh, also win that for those of y'all that care about that. Um, that that is going on. So again, great win, uh, and, and let's let's now try to get this show done. Well, Derek, I'm going to start a rumor right now. Uh, I can't say it was Team Couch or Birch Realty Group, but I can't say it wasn't Team Couch or Birch Realty Group that made that purchase when it comes to those Jello shots. You know, well, based on his attitude last Just night, saying, I'm going to say it was not him last <laughs> night. Uh, based on the one tweet that re- all this whole time, yes. you know, he's tweeting constantly. Uh, this this game, he does not tweet until the end. 
So I don't know what that means, but uh, Brian, we know you're out there. I think uh, he may be uh, uh, doing a little rest and relaxation right now, but uh, still following on with the Rebels, and congratulations there, Brian. And sorry to take us a few minutes to get to our presenting sponsor. Definitely want to say thank you again to our 2022 presenting sponsor. I want to give him a big hotty toddy Team Couch of Birch Realty Group. Possessing over 65 years of combined real estate experience, Team Couch has been the number one team in residential real estate for the last 13 years. They recently were voted DeSoto's Best for the fifth time. It is currently a great time to list your home in DeSoto County, and they are offering a free, no-obligation market analysis. They simply need your address. They can tell you all about your street, your neighborhood, how fast houses are selling, how fast they're closing. Brian and Terry possess all the analytics that you want from a realtor in 2022. Give them a call today at 662-449-1700. That's 662-449-1700. Or call Brian's cell phone at 901-461-7653. That's 901-461-SOLD. S-O-L-D. You can also do a full home search at teamcouch.com. Simply put in all the filters. You can see all the different houses for sale all around the Mid-South. Brian and Terry are ready to serve you. Thank you, Team Couch, for being our 2022 presenting sponsor, Hotty Toddy. And remember, every home needs a couch. Derek, actually had a guy call just the other day about a van to Omaha. Uh, He called me on Tuesday. We lost last night, and he hasn't called me back since. <laughs> so if that guy's out there, uh, you know, no vans are available because we are definitely very, very busy. But good to be back in the Mobile Car and Van Rental Studios. Mobile Car and Van Rental located at the corner of McCracken and Commerce, right there in the old burger shop spot. If you have an insurance claim, plans to travel the month of July, plans to travel in August, maybe a three-day weekend or something for the month of August, let us know. Give us a call, 662-469-4555. That's 662-469-4555. We had people rent from us yesterday that live in Grenada. We had two churches rent from us in Collierville. Both of those churches got stood up by the companies that they had booked with, and we were able to save the day. So really, really appreciate all the different love and support for mobile cars and vans. We will do absolutely all we can do to get you in car call us today 662-469-4555 utw podcast coming to you from the mobile cars and van rental studios there we probably lost a few uh, listeners at the beginning music they probably did clock out but that's okay hey to be fair we played the state fight song last year when they we won. did very much play the state <laughs> fight song we did i mean we did we probably cut it short a little bit but uh how's it how's that go yeah that's right that's right yeah so yeah but don't forget i did we're playing the pride of the south the old miss band playing slow dixie uh man just I'm sorry. It's an exciting time, 5.45 on a, on a Thursday, and it's a very good night. Uh, may even go to the Sunset on the Square tonight and just be – I'll be that guy. I'll be, <laughs> I'll be that guy. wear red and blue, put your, put your yeah. hat on, everything. Exactly. I'll be that guy. And speaking of the Sunset on the Square, uh, Derek, part of that – no, not necessarily part of that, but definitely some of the wonderful stuff that goes on in the city of Fernando is put on and sought after and done a great job by Miss Gia Matheny. And Miss Gia Matheny with the city, she is the community development director. She sat down with Derek yesterday, had a wonderful interview, learned more about Gia. Some uh, neat facts, Derek, that I know about. We got an opportunity to learn more about her, what she does for the city some of the different grants that she's gotten for the city. Just a wonderful interview. That'll be coming up in the middle of our show. So if you tune in for the Gia Matheny interview, it'll be coming up pretty soon. But Derek, before we get there, something else Ms. Gia does is she has helped put in place the wonderful coverage on YouTube for the city Alderman meetings. And you may want to tune in or go take a peek at this week's YouTube video for uh, what Derek's about to talk about. Derek, tell us about the Alderman meeting from two nights ago. Well, Matt, you don't have to go too far into the video if you want to see what you just mentioned. That's right. Very early, Brian Couch sells fireworks, but there were plenty of fireworks 
on the YouTube video Alderman meeting on Wednesday on Tuesday night. Go take a look. Yeah, so the meeting started out, again, I usually skip down past uh, the docket of claims, past the consent agenda, and straight to the first uh, agenda item. Not tonight. Not tonight. Uh, we're going to go ahead and talk about Let's what happened. The, uh, the <laughs> meeting started out with the docket of claims. Tell people docket of claims yeah. is simply money that's about to be spent or has been spent. Has been by spent. The, okay. That is just being basically Since looked the last at, meeting. Since the last meeting gotcha. that they look and they kind of say, okay, we want to make sure that you sell what we paid okay. for. Okay. This is all within budget. Okay. Nothing you have to, you know, we're not going over budget. That's why we're just wanting to see what's been paid. Got it. Uh, I'm on, I sit on a couple boards and we do the same thing. Okay. We see it after the fact. You know, a lot of it's payroll because, right, I mean, you can't, they can't have a board meeting every time somebody's got to get paid. Wait, do you look at the checking account for the podcast? I need to know this. <laughs> this is. Uh, do you? Are you? I'm, able not to on the, I'm not on the podcast board, so I, I do, don't yeah, know. Yeah, do you yeah. see it? That's not good. I need to know these things. Um, so again, the the usually again, it's just let's, let's just move bang, on. Bang, bang. Well, there's two of the payments were pulled out by Ward Four Alderman Chad Wicker. Uh, the board had approved in October the purchase of the following vehicles. For the city's police department now, again, back in October, these were mentioned as that was submitted by the police chief in, on September 15th uh, of last year and approved in October or for the October year. Uh, there was four Dodge Chargers, a Dodge Durango, a Ford F-150, and a Ram 1500. Now, in the docket of claims that, again, that were pulled out was a 2022 Nissan Altima and a 2022 Chevy Tahoe that had not been discussed by the alderman. Now, years were given were not given for the cars that had been approved earlier back in October, but I am giving you the years because they were mentioned uh, during the meeting. Now, the mayor said that the vehicles had been ordered, but the truck orders had been canceled. So the Ford F-150, the Ram 1500, and possibly even the Dodge Durango uh, had been canceled, and the cars had to be switched and bought under state contract law. So again, the, the Altima and the Chevy Tahoe were kind of put in place of the other trucks that couldn't be gotten because of supply chain issues, but they were still under the uh, state contract laws. Now, Alderman Wicker asked to have those tabled and to talk with the city attorney about it, to, who was not there, to see if it was legal to purchase cars that were not specifically approved. So the city clerk said the vehicles were of similar price, but were off about $5,000. Now, at the time, it was not clarified $5,000 which way. What we found out afterwards was uh, it was the Tahoe was 4000 more, but the Altima was about four to 5000 less. So it basically was a wash for the two cars. So the amount of money spent was approximately the same. Now, the police chief said that the cars were ordered under the guidelines of the purchasing laws, and it, it is considered a pool of money, not for a specific cars. So in September, when he submitted his budget, he said, look, I would like to get these cars, um, but what he's saying is, is that if those cars aren't available, aren't possible, mm -hmm. then I'm looking for cars of equal value with equal use. Because he has to give projections to the board. That's right. Budget-wise, here's what we're looking for, that type of stuff. But, and so these are being purchased nine months later. Yes. And so those those cars, because of – now, usually, I mean, in a normal year before COVID, then yes, those you could easily find a Ford F-150. Unfortunately, now everybody wants to try to buy a truck right now, understands how hard it is to get a Ford F-150 when right. you need it. Um, now, he said he puts the budget in each year in September, projects what he'll need, but the supply chain has changed, and what needs to be purchased is based on what is available. He says he's budgeting to buy police cars, and he purchased police cars. Now, a motion was made to approve the purchases of the two vehicles by Alderman Doc Harris. Uh, it was seconded by Bruce Robinson. The vote was passed 5-2, to two, Wicker, Chad Wicker voting nay, and also Ben Piper voting nay. Now, uh, Piper's nay was more not – he didn't necessarily say whether he uh, agreed or did not agree with the purchasing of the cars. What he wanted was he wanted it to be tabled 
to told the attorney come back and then to put it back in the consent agenda then, depending on what the attorney said. So he voted nay because he wanted it tabled. All other items on the docket were approved. So after the meeting, like we're going to talk about this now since you know after the meeting, Alderman Wicker did reach out to the UTW podcast and made us aware of an email. He had emailed the state auditor to kind of try to see, hey, how does this work? Is this legal, not legal? He made us aware of an email from the state auditor department, not the state auditor himself, but a CPA in the state auditor's department that said that their position would be that there was no authority. This is in quotes, excuse me. Uh, They quoted by saying that their position would be that there was no authority to purchase vehicles other than those authorized in the minutes and no authority to exceed the amount authorized. That is based on the wording in the minutes provided by the city. However, this is considered routine technical assistance, and it's not an official right. declaratory opinion of this office. Not an and of course, opinion, yes. this office being the state auditor's office. Which I told you, that's exactly when I have an argument with my wife, I have begun to lead with that. <laughs> this is strictly a, an opinion, an opinion, and not an official ruling <laughs> in my house. So that's what, that's how I'm going to start handling things. Uh, probably wise, probably very wise. There's a loophole that leaves it very vague out there. Is what you want to do. Um, so that, that's that's what is said. You know, so right. you reading that maybe that's that CPA's opinion in right. the office of the state auditor. But we we don't really know. And I, I going back and pulling every minute of every car that's purchased has this happened in the past. I can't speak to that. You know, of course, the city clerk comes from South Haven, hasn't been done many times by South Haven, and it's more understood as a pool of money for cars that will be needed. Only specific cars are only mentioned because that's what's asked of them, but, you know, maybe, but can we find replacements if necessary? I think probably in this budget season, you may see maybe more general or more vague vehicles being offered or maybe wording in there that says, hey, if this is not available, we can use it for this type thing. Anyway, that's what happened. If you want to see some fireworks, very interesting start to the meeting, Matt. <laughs> Very into it's like uh, I pledge allegiance to the flag, and uh, then two seconds later, actually, it was, it was straight Andrew Miller praying right. straight into. Right. I need to pull these two out. Right. It was uh, pretty quick, pretty. Quick. And it had yeah, and kind of uh, there. Then there were discussions of who received an email or didn't receive an email, kind of thing, and that was interesting. And then we, yeah. we yeah, had, do you we, like me? Do you not like me? What's, what's your issue with me? Check yes or no. <laughs> so a lot of, that was again, some of that. We, anyway, we digress. We don't want to make light of it. Uh, again, please watch it. Regardless, then, they got they got a new Tahoe. They got a new Tahoe, new, new Altima. Altima. That, they, That's a nice car. It was a Altima's five to two. Yeah. Yes, I mean, again, yeah. I think the uh, the chief is driving the Tahoe. The chief is right, and the Altima said was going to a detective. Is right. how that works. Exactly. Out. Next on the agenda was the Brownfields Grant. Uh, this is taught. Please listen to Gia's interview. She does a great job explaining what the Brownfield Grants do. So I'm not going to really talk about it a lot here. They, hey, real, they, real quick, Derek, before you go too far, if you were a detective, I would make people call me Sherlock. 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 I mean, that's it. That's, that's it. Not Watson. No, nobody knows who Watson is. Everybody knows who Sherlock is. <laughs> so Sherlock's Sherlock. a detective. Watson's just a guy that brings a coffee. Come on now, let's be honest. <laughs> Who's another good uh, Sherlock? Maybe Perry. Encyclopedia Brown. What? Who's that? What is that? Oh, it's like a kid's book. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Perry like Mason. Perry that's Mason. A, he's an attorney, though. Uh, Matlock, that's an attorney. Oh, no. What was the one that had uh, Monk? Do you remember Monk, Monk that had yeah. all the, the yeah. issues with yes. being touched and all right. that kind of Yeah, some like, OCD and all that stuff. Yeah, um, yeah but I, I'd go Sherlock. That would be like if that could be your call sign, if that's a word for it, in, in the Top Gun vein right there. That'd be I mean, your call technically, sign. Miami Vice, they were kind of detectives. They were, they were police detectives. They were like narcotics yes. detectives. Yeah. We, we, yeah. What a great show. Great song. Yeah. Oh, man. In the, in the air tonight. Oh, wow. <laughs> that person drowned. Phil Collins watched. You know, them. You know that they were whatever. that Armani. R.I.P. Phil. Armani Collins. was their clothes provider. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, if you're going to have a show, I, I got to be Armani. Sure. I agree. All suits Armani. Did I tell you Ole Miss won the uh, baseball game? They, they did. Okay, good. Go you know what? I heard that. That's a rumor going around. <laughs> Keep going. Next, Brown, again, the Brownfield grants, fees for the consultants are reimbursed from the grant. So, again, uh, we want to make sure that all the stuff, all the consultants, everything that's been done to get these grants approved and get us another round of these grants, uh, that all those fees will come from uh, the grant itself. Now, we have to put the money out there mm-hmm. and then reimbursed. You're going to learn a lot about Brownfield projects from the interview with Gia Matheny coming up shortly. Next, adding of the mini stores to the Lee's Summit PUD. Uh, this was asked to be tabled by the developer. We mentioned this on Tuesday until the July 5th meeting. Alderwoman Beth Rawls asked to move it actually now to July 19th because July 5th being obviously the day after is July 4th. Uh, it's a holiday, and she said there are people that want to speak uh, probably against this. She just said speak of uh, about this about it, yeah. probably against this uh the, she wants to make sure they have a chance to be there so they agreed to table it until july 19th not july 5th that was approved next the accessory dwelling units uh this was carried over from the may 17th me- meeting uh we we jokingly called them the adus uh that's currently what you called them <laughs> that's what i, call I think them. my name for it was much better <laughs> okay okay come on crack, now crackhead crack crackhead cousin unit was awesome <laughs> All right, so they're currently allowed in C1 and C2 and C3. And what this would do is when you do it for AR, you're also doing it for all residential uses. So R10, R20, all those would also be covered for this. It would be a conditional use and would have to be approved by the Planning Commission each time. So each property would have to have a single-purpose clause in it so that no ADU could not be divided and sold. And the ADU would have to be compatible with the character of the house and other houses in the neighborhood. It would have to be approved by the Planning Commission and would be both conditional use and on a case-by-case basis. So Mm -hmm. every time somebody wanted to do this, they would have to come before the Planning Commission to get it approved. The motion passed 5-2 to with Alderman Wicker, Alderwoman Rawls voting nay. Next, it was which the it, which it passed, and we moved it passed on. five to two. Yeah. So it's now going to be part of the city code. It'll, it. it'll be okay. in there. Moving but again, on. a conditional use. So every time you can't just build it. Yes. When you build it, you're going to have to come before the uh, planning commission and tell them why you're building it. Right. Uh, the medical cannabis amendments for the city of Hernando. They talked about this. We've had discussions. So this was basically okay. Austin Austin uh, Cardosi came in and said, "This is what we are going to put in our city code. So follow all state guidelines for licensures and setbacks." Prohibit all dispensaries in the historic district and 500 feet from the courthouse. $1,000 city business license fee. Now, there was a discussion to see if this was too high since it was higher than other business licenses, but they did a great job. <laughs> I, see what, I see what you did there. I see what you did um, But uh, there was saying, you know, will we be sued because this is higher than other things? Higher. Uh, but they said, no, look, man, there's a lot of stuff we got to go into. We've got to sure. check state code. Yes. So there's a lot more that goes into actually doing this. So they said that they could easily justify the $1,000 yeah, fee. They're saying you got to chop it up a lot. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you got to chop that code up. <laughs> um, all right, next, the definitions for the state. Then you have to weigh it. You have to weigh it. You got to weigh it. You have to chop it up. Chop up the code and you got to weigh it and what works best and yeah. what works best. And you kind of you don't, you don't want to put your hand on the scales or anything. Don't, don't Go ahead. Don't, don't want to have uh, <laughs> misaligned scales. <laughs> Uh, the, we're going to use the definitions. So the city will use the same definitions from the state, all the terminology. A use chart where they are proposed to go. So there's only seven areas really that can be going in the city. So these are the seven areas that could go. Hours of operation of the dispensary would be, uh, shall be sometime between the hours of 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. So you can only be open no longer than that and okay. has to be within those hours. Approved unanimously by the Planning Commission. That was made mention. Okay. They wanted to have it approved before the July 1st. So all this was done. So all that was added to everything else that's in the code. And they wanted to do it during this meeting because, Matt, July 1st, 
all the new laws start, including this one. Okay. So they can actually start getting permits July 1st. They wow. want to have it in place to go ahead and get uh, get the the uh, business licensure, what would take place before that it becomes legal on July 1st. So, again, somebody can apply July 1st. Conditional use has been added to C1, C2, and C3. So if, you know, any of those areas, those are the seven areas, all of them are zone C1, C2, or C3. So the planning commission will get to review each plan because they've added the conditional use on there. Okay. And then finally, uh, is there a place people can go to see that on the town's uh, website? Maybe see his website. Maybe, uh, maybe, maybe the okay. the planning website. You may can do that. Gotcha. And then fi- uh, finally, of course, it passed unanimously and takes effect immediately. They did wow. not wait to July first. It's actually immediate. It's, it takes effect right now, okay. or I guess as of Tuesday. Next, the next two items were approved based on the ARPA match that is to take effect on July first. Now, this is the two projects uh, that I'm going to do this cover these together: the Jaybird water plant upgrades and the Holly Springs water line. I'm going to be talking about both of these because both of these are dependent on us getting the ARPA funds. The ARPA match, the ARPA funds take effect July 1st. They, the applications for the matches can be sent in in August, and monies will be awarded in November. So the mayor wanted to go ahead and have us put it out to bid, get exact numbers. So when we make the application in August, we already have figure. We're not guessing at an amount. No, no, no. Here's how far we've come along. This is what we're doing. We are shovel-ready, and shovel-ready projects will be moved to the top of the ARPA sure, list. Let's do it. So trying to get everything very proactive. So the Jaybird water plant upgrades, they're almost at max capacity. They're at 93%. So what each well needs to run on its own aerator. So this money would be used toward the aerator. This will involve increasing the size of the house, additional piping, etc. The new upgrades would double the capacity and put that number under 50%. Of course, that was approved. Then the Holly Springs water line, Fieldbrook right now is being serviced from the Lauder Road plant on a three-inch water line. They want to look to make a bigger line for the area from the Lauder Road plant, which will increase the amount of water coming from that plant, which will then decrease the amount of water that's having to be supplemented from the Jaybird plant. And again, that will also help to lessen uh, the uh, capacity of the Jaybird plant. The county, somebody asked, one of the aldermen asked, hey, can we ask the county to help us in that? Because Phil Brooks actually in the county. It's not even a city uh, neighborhood. And they're like, and the mayor reminded them that county does not do water or sewer. They only do roads. So, uh, again, it was approved. So, again, both of those are approved. Get those bids out. Try to have a good number for those applications in August. Now, the next thing kind of went along with water was the elevated water tank. Looking at two two-acre spots right now. So, one of them would be at Bahelia and Getwell Road. That's a two-acre spot they're looking at with that 80 acres that yep. has asked to be annexed into the right. city. Yes. Uh, that's one spot. The other but one— They would buy the two acres and do all that? Yes, that's right, to do all that. The other is in Madison Lakes. Okay. Now, the elevated water tank and plant are separate. So you actually have a plant that sucks the water out of the ground, sure. and then the tank that would store the water above the ground. Right. So it's two separate projects. Again, they could be loaded, they could be located close to each other, but he wanted to make sure hey, these are two separate things. So we're st- they still have to have a water tower in Madison Lakes? Or, or Bahalia. It or could Bahalia be, so the plant well. could be at Madison Lakes and the water tower Bahalia. Yes. They both could be in the same location or vice versa, whatever. But yeah, that's they're looking at both of those locations. Is this, this, is this kind of working out for Madison Lakes to get that water tower they needed done by the city? Andrew Miller brought up that they were very close to having a deal done at one point. Yes, that's true. And it fell apart, and he wants to make sure that this in no way hurts any future deal that could be done. Uh, on the record? He um, wanted on the record? He just he did not say <laughs> names or anything. He right. just said deal, deal, deal. Yeah. And so I think everybody knew what he was talking about, but um, that is he wanted to make sure this is not going to affect that in any way. Sure. And again, this is only to approve the design. Got it. So all Joe Frank right now is doing is approving the design, and then once they see the design, they could possibly put it out to bid depending on how all that goes. All right, so let me do a real quick design. Four legs. <laughs> Uh, gigantic thing that looks like a hamburger. 
the Burger King logo. There you I, go. I remember we're going to try to get new nice logos, new like nice kind of cool logos, logos on there, okay. right? Yeah, right yeah. yeah, it looks like the Burger King logo with four legs. There's your water tower. What an easy design. Could it be a Big Mac, though? It could be a McDonald's. Sure. Well, I mean, fine. Special yeah, sauce, right. the whole deal. Uh, next, we're looking at the Dogwood Hollow Sewer. Now, they're, they have to buy an easement that they're going to put the sewer in to try to help with the, dog, the Dogwood Hollow residents. They have to buy an easement. Now, the, this is one of the funnier moments of the, of the, uh, of the meeting. A comment was made by uh, Alderman Miller that said wait, he, wanted to get, he wanted to make sure he understood this. They're giving sewer to this neighborhood, and yet the landowner is making them buy the easement. So we're going to improve your neighborhood by giving you sewer, Correct. but you're making us <laughs> buy the easement Correct. to give it to you. Uh, now And so, of course, the, the people started laughing and said, yeah, everything's about money, which it's not that much money, but still, that you know, instead of just giving them the land and, hey, we appreciate you bringing sewer to us, you got to buy this land too. Anyway, hmm. uh, the cities, now once they do this, they can shut, there's two lagoons, two small lagoons out there. The city can shut down the lagoons. The state owns the lagoons. The city does not want the lagoons back because that means the city would have to pay to clean them up. Yes. The state said, take these back. The city said, we're not taking these back. And so once this is done, then the state will have to bring DEQ in there to clean that up. And then it should be actually be a nice piece of property that other houses at some point could be built on. I'm going to settle this right here, Derek. We're going to give you the two lagoons and an old Tahoe. <laughs> <laughs> So we're gonna do. That's, a swap. that's, that's a it. Swap. That's a swap. Old swap. Tahoe. We happen to have an old Tahoe now. We don't because yeah, we have a new Tahoe. And uh, whatever the police chief was driving, you can have that <laughs> exactly. along with two lagoons. Two lagoons. Now the, <laughs> the last thing we we ta- well, I thought was going to take up you know some time in the meeting was the penny for the parks. They just had they amended the agenda wow. at the beginning and took it off. Uh, I probably should have mentioned it at the beginning, but with all the stuff going on with the fireworks, I kind of forgot to let that out. So the penny for the parks was taken off. It's going to be ta- uh, talked about at a future time. And the meeting was, though, it was recessed. We mentioned this would probably happen. The meeting was recessed to Friday today. When you're listening to this at 8 a.m., hopefully you're you're hearing this as soon as it comes out. This will be out by 8 a.m. in the morning. Friday, so right now, today, one hour from now, 9 a.m., on a Zoom meeting in the conference room. So you can listen to this podcast and watch the meeting at the same time if you want to. They will be discussing redistricting. They will not adopt during the Zoom. He did say, look, we're not going to adopt anything over a Zoom call when people can't be in the room. So... They're going to have the meeting. They're going to try to get it as close to being you know, agreed upon as possible, and then they'll add that to the next meeting to try to adopt possibly for redistricting. So, again, just having a good public discussion on Zoom call. And uh, so the meeting was recessed and will be picked up then. I give kudos to uh, G. Matheny and the people that work with her to have such great coverage on YouTube. Uh, we've been joking around for the last 20 minutes about that. Go watch the YouTube. It's really, really good coverage. There's no better city. Uh, coverage that I've ever seen from a matter of all meetings. So go watch that. Simply go to YouTube, City of Hernando, Mississippi in the search. You're going to see it. Click on it. It'll say Alderman meeting from the 21st of June, 2022. You'll see what I mean by the wonderful, wonderful coverage. And we're going to mention a little bit more about that with you here shortly. So great job by the Board of Alderman, City Mayor, all the different people that have to be there every first and third Tuesday. We thank you for doing city business. Well, Derek, now that we've wrapped up city business, let's talk a little bit about the county business. We talked about the Board of Supervisors discussing redistricting in DeSoto County, and they came up with a plan, had approval. Tell us about that real quick. All right, so the district, the redistricting happened. Again, uh, they were 10% off. We talked about this last week, yes. uh, two, two weeks ago. They were over 10%. They are over 10% uh, in a couple of the districts, and so they had to do the redistricting per the state law, one man, one vote. They ended up doing the redistricting. We talked about that the uh, alternate one was the 
one they mostly agreed upon. There were about, what, four or five plans, and then there was a, uh, a one of the uh, representatives had actually brought two of her own plans. Uh, all of those were considered. The alternate one was the one that was most, you know, that they liked the most, that they could pretty much agreed upon. But then we, we were, you know, mentioned that Andrew Miller had spoke, hey, look, don't, you know, I understand what you're trying to do. We had to do it as a city. However, you're taking a mostly minority neighborhood in Hernando and cutting it in half, diluting their voting power. Could you please put them in one district? I don't care what district you put them in, but that entire neighborhood needs to either be, you know, in, you know, and in this case, either district four or district five. And so the, uh, the supervisors at that time said, you know what, that's, that's a good idea. We, we, that was not our, our purpose to do that. You're, you're right. We can see that. So they asked uh, the planners to go back and revise alternate one. And so what they voted on Monday was an alternate one revised plan. Uh, it was approved by the supervisors. Matt, looking at that right now, uh, please go online. It will be posted on the county website. DeSotoCountyMS.gov. DeSotoCountyMS.gov is where you can learn of the new uh, plan. And so for Hernando, for the majority of Hernando is in District Five now. So every all that, so that so including the the part of the the city that uh, Andrew Miller was talking about, all of that is in District Five. Uh, so you know when you vote again, if you were not previously in District Five, you will be in District Five. This is for the constable. This is for the sheriff. This is for your supervisors. As we talked about, we are the one county where all of the the, the, the districts are for all of the county races. And this, this is, is a, this is good for ten years yes. until the new census numbers come out. That is right. So yeah. again, please go look at, please go find that. If you were not in the district file before, you'll be getting a new voting card here uh, before the next election. Uh, but you know, again, they they had to do what they had to do. Matt, theirs is in place. Again, the city is doing a Zoom conference call today to try to finalize theirs. Hopefully, have theirs you know by before the end of July, and both of those will be locked in again for the next ten years. Thank you to the board of supervisors for going ahead and pushing that through, letting people have the correct representation. Plus or minus ten percent is the goal in all the districts so wonderful job by them thanks Derek for catching us up on the local Auburn meeting and also a little bit of information from the board of supervisors we appreciate that thank you to all those people that have uh, chosen to serve the public in that way and speaking of serve the public if you're in the market for new insurance if you feel like your insurance premium uh, whether it be car property life health if you feel like your premium is too high let our sponsors Holland Insurance take a look Bruce Robinson and Jerry Holland with Holland Insurance are ready to take a look at your insurance, take a look at your budget, tell them what your needs are. They can work to put you with a number of different companies, Nationwide, State Auto, Liberty Mutual, MetLife, Blue Cross Blue Shield, Humana, Aetna. Those are just some of the companies that work with Holland Insurance right here in DeSoto County. Give them a call today, 662-895-5528. Again, that's property and casualty, life, health, Bruce Robinson and Jerry Holland are ready to serve you right here under the water tower, located in South Haven, but ready to serve, 662-895-5528. If you have an insurance license in the state of Mississippi and are considering a change, maybe on the part-time or full-time basis, give Bruce or Jerry a call. They're looking for people to join one of the fastest-growing insurance companies in the Mid-South. Give them a call today, 662-895-5528. Again, Holland Insurance. Certainly want to give a shout out to our seasonal sponsor, which you will hear tons about in the next few minutes when it comes to the G. Matheny interview, the Hernando Farmer's Market. It's a place to shop. It's a place to gather. But more importantly, it's a rare chance to experience the rich simplicity of a Mississippi small town. It's truly a fresh local experience. Every Saturday morning from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m., that's every Saturday, 8 to 1, on the historic Hernando Square, over 50 vendors now are ready to serve you. 
They include Clayton Farms, Coffee Central, Precision Sharp, Jones Orchard, Brown Dairy Farms. Those are just some of the vendors every Saturday morning that's going to be running through the end of October, every Saturday. One of the best farmer's markets in the Mid-South, the Hernando Farmer's Market, which Gia will cover in just one moment from an interview with her. Thank you so much to our seasonal sponsor, the Hernando Farmer's Market. Gia was nice enough to come and sit down with Derek earlier this week. Just a wonderful asset to the city of Hernando. I mean, no other way to put it. She does a wonderful job. She's a very nice de- uh, lady. Derek, as I was kind of editing the interview and working through it, very elegant Oh, woman. yes. Mm-hmm. Very, very elegant lady. Seems very well-spoken, a good asset, and somebody that I'm very happy as a uh, you know resident of Hernando for Gia to go out and represent us. I think she was actually in D.C. recently yeah, for uh, some classes and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, uh, being the economic developer, I mean, she sells the city, and, and I think she does a great job doing it. Just does a wonderful job. She's going to give us some information about her past, present, and future in the city of Fernando. And we're going to go to that interview now. Good morning. Uh, we want to welcome uh, Gia Matheny uh, into uh, our show today. Good morning, Gia. Good morning. Uh, Gia is the Community and Economic Development Director for the City of Hernando, uh, and you know she does a, a great job. We've talked about her several times. Of course, uh, you just recently heard our, our ad for the Farmer's Market, which we'll get to in just a moment. She kind of oversees the Farmer's Market, uh, the wonderful Farmer's Market that it is for the City of Hernando, and so really do appreciate you taking time out uh, on this Wednesday morning to have you in here, and, and what we're going to uh, want to talk to you about today is just kind of a overall picture of what you do for the city, kind of what the city has upcoming, funding sources. Uh, the different events that you have coming up, of course, and uh, leading up to kind of what you have for the rest of the year, uh, which I know uh, kind of uh, encapsulates the end of the year when you have the the Dickens of a Christmas, which we'll get to maybe toward the end of the interview. But first, I want to start, uh, I know this is probably your second or third time on our show, uh, and we just want to remind uh, the listeners kind of, you know, your background, uh, how you got to Hernando, and then kind of what you do just briefly for the city. A little bit about me, and thank you, by the way, for having me today. I love Under the Water Tower podcast. I think you do a great job informing the community about the upcoming events and things that are going on in the city, so thank you for everything you do. But a little bit about me, I'm originally from Florida. I played golf in high school and received a golf scholarship, so I came all the way up to the South, (laughs) to the University of Memphis for the golf team, met my husband there, and then we ended up moving to the Nashville area. He's from Franklin, Tennessee. So a third of my life was in Florida, a third of my life was in Nashville, and now the rest of my life is here in Hernando, which I love. Um, It's actually very similar to what Franklin, Tennessee was about 30 years ago. So we're moving in the right direction, I think. I started working for the county, actually, back in 2010 when there was somewhat of a recession. I used to work for Vanity Fair as a project manager, and through the downturn of the economy, you know, uh, they downsized and started working for the county and actually fell in love with it because I was working on things that were very community-driven, and that is something I'm passionate about and not something that you usually see in corporate America. So I was very fortunate to kind of fall into that position, and with that, um, had an opportunity to look at the position in Hernando because the community development director at that time had just retired, and that's how I started working for the city. A couple things. Did not know that you had lived for that long in, in Franklin. Uh, mm-hmm. A beautiful, I guess I guess it's a city now. It used to be a town. Now it's a, a city that is a... Uh, a suburb of Nashville, and also did not know that you were for Vanity Fair. Uh, that's that's a mm-hmm. that's a pretty cool, I guess, career for a, a, a decent amount of time. Um, so, uh, but glad that it, you found your way uh, to DeSoto County. Um, so, you you said that your community economic development director kind of talked to uh, let our listeners know in a 
I guess maybe like your elevator speech or maybe a, a two-minute summary of what you do for the city so they can kind of get a better handle on, on kind of what that position involves. So uh, as the community and economic developer for the city of Hernando, my main goal is to look for the assets in the community and try to enhance them or um, expand and provide new opportunities for our residents and our main demographic which I know you are very familiar with is very young it's average age or the median age is at 37 so we have a lot of young professionals with young children and so we do a lot of outreach when it comes to families Um, that is through the farmers market that's through some of the grants that we write for health uh, for beautification and other things that we do in the city to just make it a great place to live work and play. And you mentioned the farmers market, and we do want to uh, first of all thank you so much for uh, just uh, you know believing in us and advertising with us. Uh, we love talking about you uh, during every show and all the wonderful things. But we know that it is an award-winning farmers market that Hernando has. It's regularly top five or ten in the state. You should be very proud about it, and we we love the fact that it's in our city. Talk to us kind of what you know since it began. Really, the last weekend, last full weekend of April, really kicked off. You know, May first is kind of the unofficial kickoff of it. Talk to us about maybe some of the new things that have happened at the farmer's market at, since the beginning of this year and kind of what you expect to see, maybe something happening this upcoming weekend or maybe after the 4th that you you know that you see for the farmer's market for the rest of the summer. I am so glad you brought this up because I love the farmer's market. I've been working on the farmer's market for the last nine years. When I started, we had maybe 35, 40 vendors, and we have now risen to 92 as of 2021, and we'll just have to see what whole what we are going to see for the 22 year. But we have everything from milk, meat, honey, eggs, all different fruits and vegetables. I think at one time we worked with University of uh, Wisconsin-Madison to do some surveys and outreach and found that we had over 82 varieties of produce. Wow. So it is just a wonderful place to go. But we do other things that are not just agriculturally focused. So again, going back to the community, what makes people come to the market? Well, you can't take your family to the grocery store and buy things. I mean, there's necessities there that you need to go and get. But the farmer's market is a place you can have your entire household unit. And um, on the last Saturday of every month, we have a children's day. So we offer free activities. We have a lot of nonprofits that come out. The Arts Council will be out this coming weekend as children's day. We hold our activities from 10 a.m. until noon. There's always live music all day from 9 until noon. But for children's day, we We have a POP program, and that stands for Power of Produce. So uh, the first 100 children that come to the market will get a $5 voucher to buy their favorite food or vegetable. We have had a lot of feedback from parents stating that, you know, their kids are now eating more (laughs) fresh products because it's their food and they're purchasing it. So that's been really fun. We also have a program in Hernando called Excel by Five that I lead with a coalition of Um, organizations, including our local hospitals and our board of education and our child care centers. And we try to look at ways to um, improve uh, the life of the child to prepare them for kindergarten. And our big focus is early literacy. So at our Children's Day, we give away free books. We also have other opportunities in the city when we do community events to give away free books. And we also provide the Dolly Parton Imagination Library. So if you have a child here in Hernando that is under five, reach out to me or someone at City Hall or the library, and they will get them set up so they can get a free book each month until their fifth birthday. But 
there's just so many different things going on. Senior citizens, the third Saturday of every month, we have a senior day. And from 10 a.m. until 12 p.m., we give away different activities for them, too. And we do free cooking demonstrations. They get a $5 token. They can buy anything that they want at the farmer's market. It's been really fun for everybody. Can't tell it enough there. I'm usually there right at 8 o'clock, so I, I miss some of those events because uh, I like to get in and, and spend the first 30 minutes talking. And now that the, the milk guy uh, from Oxford, he gets there now closer to 8.30 than he does yes. 9. I'm able to, to go ahead and get the milk a little earlier. Uh, but it's just a great, great event. I've, I know I've seen a couple of new Blackberry vendors this year. Yep. Uh, just a, a wealth of thing. I know that the corn oh, will be Oh, sweet corn is going to be big this weekend. Um, we will see it, I guess, over the next few weekends. But this will be the first big weekend for sweet corn. Blueberries and blackberries are popular this time of season. There's just a lot going on. But I also want to put a plug in for the Independence Day weekend. So we will be partnering with the National Guard. And we are going to be giving away, thanks to our vendor, Davis Meat Company, also known as Rickman's Meat. They will be donating 500 hamburgers. So we'll be giving away oh, wow. 500 hamburgers that day and water and we just want to invite everybody to the community last year we had about 4,000 people attend the farmers market over the Independence Day holiday and that's usually our biggest market day of the season it's just a fun place to come out and to see your friends there's a big social impact um, there you can talk with the vendors you'll see your neighbors I mean I'm sure you will bump into somebody you know at the farmers market and that'll be July 2nd uh, this year. That is correct. Uh, so Saturday, July 2nd, we'll be advertising that on our show uh, on Friday. We'll be looking at that. Uh, you know, we've already talked about this during this show, and then we'll be looking at our shows next week, really advertising and pushing for that. So again, this Saturday will be the uh, Children's Day uh, with the DeSoto Arts Council there providing uh, planned events. And then next Saturday, the 2nd, July 2nd, uh, will be the Independence Day celebration with the free hamburgers and water. So please come out and support whenever you are around. Uh, now, moving from the farmer's market, uh, we know that your, your, I guess, your main job uh, is with the city as, the, as you said, the community and economic developer. Talk to uh, us about some of the things, the, you know, the kind of the ways that you help the city through grants, uh, grant programs. I know that you are a pretty large grant writer, uh, that you are able to, you know, you've uh, done wonderful things. I know there's been stuff with the linear parks, with the, uh, old, the Kirkendall track uh, was a gr grant that we received when it was resurfaced. So talk about some of the things that maybe you've done recently in the past. Uh, that we are enjoying now, and then maybe some upcoming grants that you're looking at uh, or, or applying for for the city. Sure. Um, some of the grants that I have received recently in the past um, are a grants through Blue Cross Blue Shield of Mississippi Foundation. Uh, we received a grant to um, to expand Renaissance, Renaissance Park with a trail system dolly with the Parks and Recreation Department also wrote a grant through Wildlife and Fisheries. So we partnered on that and we received two grants to um, provide the trails that you see there at Renaissance Park. And I also wrote another grant through Blue Cross Blue Shield and that is what provided us with our new overlay and widening of the trail at Conger Park. Grants also helped us with our tennis courts. So we were able to overlay both uh, the tennis courts at Conger Park and at Church Park. So you see some new surfaces there. There was a lot of cracks and now it's in great shape and there's a lot of tennis that's taking place there today. Grants help us with our events. I mean, grants can, can help a community in so many different ways from health to beautification to events and tourism. So we re also work with the Mississippi Development Authority through Visit Mississippi, and we received a grant the last few years 
years to um, help us expand our promotion and marketing of our Dickens of a Christmas and our Water Tower 10K race. So both of those are great events for the city and they help our local businesses. Without those additional visitors coming to the city, our businesses would not see the additional sales and revenue that they need. And that also helps the city with additional sales tax income. So that's a, a great thing. And we received a Brownfields grant. So what that is, the US EPA has a grant called a Brownfields Assessment Grant. We received two grants in the past. Each one is for three years. Um, we just were notified this past month that we received one for 400, just over $400,000. And that is a wonderful redevelopment tool for any investor or developer from Hernando or outside of Hernando who want to do something in Hernando. It's, we'll give them reinvestment dollars. So what that will do is it will take a space that you might think is blight or you're just not sure what happened in the past, what type of business was there over the last few years. And if you're wanting to finance it, a bank will require what they call a phase one. This pays for the, the phase one assessment, the phase two assessment, and even a remediation plan if contamination is found. But I will say this, in our last couple of grants, um, the some of the, the community, the developers were afraid of the of the US EPA. Everybody thinks, you know, oh my goodness, we don't want to get involved with US EPA. This is really a benefit to them. We have assessed over 40 properties in Hernando and almost all of them have come back clean. So they receive this piece of paper that says, I've got a clean site, come and, and look at my property. We're, we want to sell it. And, mm -hmm. and that has been a great reinvestment tool for us. Uncle Bubba's, Service Master, Buddy's Antiques was assessed. The property where you see Crossroads, Seafood, and the gas station today, those were all assessed through our Brownfields grant. And now you'll see, you can see that there's new dollars on those sites and new businesses. And that was discussed during the Alderman meeting. Uh, it was also discussed earlier on the show, just kind of, uh, you know, getting that approved to allow the city to move forward with that. So, uh, yeah, the, the Brownfield grant uh, is a great thing. We do know, uh, as you mentioned, Uncle Bubba's, uh, that, that site right there, the developer of that property was very heavily involved with the Brownfield mm -hmm. grant. Uh, also, there was, uh, I believe, there's another Brownfield, uh, Brownfield site is right there close to the interstate, and there one right there. Uh, Sale Oil, which yes. is the old gas station. Yes, they're one of those also. Uh, so again, there's you know as you said, there's 40 sites around town. So again, developers, if you're interested in this, uh, please you know uh, hope that you listen to our show earlier. I hope that you go watch the Auburn meeting where that was approved, and please contact the city uh, about that because there are a lot of uh, you know uh, rebates. There are a lot of um, as you said, they'll help with the payments of getting all the phase one, phase two, that sort of thing done. And then uh, if something is found, what's so good about this? Mississippi has the most re robust tax incentive in the nation. So if redevelopment needs to take place on a site that has to have some sort of cleanup, they will get two and a half times back their cleanup costs and sales income and franchise tax. So it is a, a great reinvestment tool. Yeah, I think it's a great thing. And plus it, you know, it helps to clean up sites and also mm -hmm. put structures on old, you know, maybe uh, sites or, or, you know, empty lots that were maybe be scared to be built on that. Now they can be kind of filled out and the city will get, you know, property tax from that That's right. uh, in the future, which is uh, the city's uh, really big on. What do you see coming up, I guess, in your area uh, of the city? What do you see for the next, the second half of the year uh, as we, in, you know, come to the end of June or we're almost halfway through this year? What do you see for the next half of the year? Kind of what you're looking at, what you would like to see the city do? 
maybe for the next couple of years, uh, and then kind of finish that with uh, talking about uh, I know what you what you mentioned with as part of the grant process, which is y'all's big kickoff at the end of the year that you do with the Dickens of a Christmas yes. and how that tie, that huge second uh, weekend in November uh, that's always so huge for the city. So kind of talk about what you see for the uh, next half of the year and the next couple of years, and then finish off with that, please. Well, um, as far as community development's concerned. I'm always, again, just looking for opportunities to make the city better. And um, that's mainly through grants. And so we will continue to look for more grants that are uh, that become available. There's a new presidential administration. They change the structure of a lot of our federal and state grants. And so there's some research that needs to be done when we look for the funding opportunities out there. So we'll continue to do that. Um, we also, again, have to focus on our events. The city is growing and our the number of visitors that come to the city are growing. So that takes a lot more manpower and preparation. Um, Dickens of a Christmas, just like you mentioned, is a big event for the city. It takes about $45,000 to put that event on. Wow. So we are always constantly looking for sponsors and grants. We did receive a couple of grants that I would like to um, put a plug in for, and that's the Mississippi Hills Heritage Alliance. That grant helps us fund our free carriage rides and our trolley tour because there's an educational component that goes along with those. People get to learn about our history here in Hernando, Mississippi. The Community Foundation of Northwest Mississippi also helped us, um, as well as the Mississippi Hills Alliance, on a new mobile tourism app. So that is one thing that we're working on. We, I am the only person in, in my department, so I don't have any staff to help <laughs> me <laughs> manage some of these uh, programs. So a lot of my time time goes into doing that today but the mobile tourism app will be an opportunity for us to promote our city nationwide and right now we're in the process of building that out I'm working with the the app company and we will be listed on Apple um, and on um, Android so you'll be able to see Hernando out there and the Dickens of a Christmas once we have that listed then the city can start expanding other events on that mobile app and hopefully we will be able to continue that year after year and renew um, so that we can use that as a tool even for our residents to say what is coming up in the city and where do we want to go. I know um, with the new sports complex, which has been a wonderful asset to the community, they've already ramped up just as soon as they opened their doors. They had tons of athletes come through their doors. And we need for them to know where they can go in Hernando when they come to the city, when they come to play basketball, where is it that they can go to eat and, and shop or if their parents want to leave while they're playing a game, the app will help them um, navigate that. So we're excited about that too. And is that uh, something that was funded by the city? Is that through a grant that you got the, or getting the app done? How, how is that funded? I was able to find two grants for that. Mississippi Hills Heritage Area Alliance, um, they funded it uh, through a $5,000 grant. And then the Community Foundation of Northwest Mississippi thought that that was a very good opportunity for the city also um, as far as promoting the history and culture and promoting the city. Um, so they funded the remaining portion of the of the app for us. So it is fully funded this year, and next year we might be looking for sponsors because we can list those sponsors on the app, and they would have a link directly to their website. So it's a good opportunity for them to get a lot of exposure through our city. And what would the, what would the name of the app be? 
Um, it's the city of Hernando. You're going to go out to oh, the Apple okay. app and look for the city of Hernando, and then all the events will show up, and you can click an event, and then it will give you all the details of the event. Um, they'll have directions by foot or by car. Say, for example, we're at the Dickens of a Christmas. Well, that event is really big. So last year, I mean, this this event has snowballed. We started out with a couple of thousand people the first year. Last year was our third year. We had eight to 10,000 people, and that's a lot for the yeah. city of Hernando. But we start at the museum and we end at the square and we have had businesses now step up to the plate and contact me that they want to be a part of it we are very very thankful to Doug Thornton with AERC their business um, provided uh, gingerbread house making what a great thing for an architect to build a house made out of gingerbread and but people you know that were not from here didn't know where that was so some of them had a hard time finding their way around the city and this app will help them find all the activities just for that specific event and we also want to list all of our historic markers and our museum mm. and our arts council so people will know how to get to those um, places as well well that sounds like an absolutely fantastic app to be honest i don't know how a lot of us have made it you know people that have moved here recently how they've been able to do that it's basically word of mouth and having me shown once twice three times and being able to have that app when do you expect the app to be completed it's a 90-day build out so i'm hoping that we will have that by the middle of august Okay, so yeah. not too far away. So not right, too far away. Starting school, and you can have that app at the same time. Now, one of the things leading up to the Dickens that you didn't mention, well, you briefly mentioned it, but you didn't really talk about, was the Water Tower 10K uh, that yes. also had the grant. So that would obviously be something that would be put on the app and when that's coming, maybe even to be able to register through the app, which would yep. be uh, really, really nice, especially I, I do like to run, and I usually try to participate. To speak briefly about that. Uh, that's another huge thing that you put on in October in the fall. Yes, it's always the second Saturday in October. This year it's October 8th at 8 a.m. The event has grown every year. We had over 500 runners last year, and that again, that's a big race for Hernando and DeSoto County. Last year, we had runners from 10 states and over 50 cities come. Wow. The majority, uh, I sh well, not even the majority, but a large portion of the race is from DeSoto County runners, so it's great for them to be here local to do it. It's a great race if you are a runner for the St. Jude because it's a good prep mm -hmm. race. So that's been a, a kind of a blessing as far as the date that it falls in. That event is great for our local businesses. It's a really, really fun event that gets a lot of support from our local businesses, and I thank them so much for all of their support. At the end of the race, we end on Panola Street and have a big party. We call it our big after party with free beer and free barbecue and lots of food, and the farmer's market will be taking place like it does every year. And this year, we're actually partnering with the DeSoto Arts Council, and they are going to have an art event in, right next to the Arts Council on the square so this should be a great opportunity for everybody to, to come out and have fun and even if you don't run we, you know we encourage walking but I have to just you know forewarn you now it's not an easy walk <laughs> because there's some hills they call us that a very very hilly course but all proceeds from this event fund our Dolly Parton Imagination Library book program that's our free books for the community we have over 500 children registered in the program right now we work with our board of education and we have a special question on the kindergarten reading assessment. We do this through Excel by Five um, that asks if the child is enrolled. And what we have determined is that the children that are enrolled in the book program have higher reading levels than those that are not receiving the book. So we encourage everybody that has a child or a grandchild to register for that program so that they can receive the books and you can read with your children. It's just a wonderful opportunity for our residents. 
you know, first of all, of course, thank you to Dolly Parton uh, for providing the money, but also for you and, and everybody that helps along with that because we know that uh, we talked about, I think on a show a couple of weeks ago, the state reading scores. Uh, mm-hmm. That's a huge thing that the state looks at. One of the huge tests both in, uh, in third grade it really starts is the first time they really look at it and make sure that the third graders can read at a third grade level in order to be promoted to fourth grade. And uh, I know that Hern- uh, Hernando had the second high score, I believe, in the county. Uh, right around 89% uh, were efficient during the first test. Of course, they can retest in the middle of the summer. Uh, but, um, again, just a, a great thing that, you know, at 90% of our third graders do read at reading level, but that means 10% are still struggling. And so this could be a huge thing, getting, you know, uh, that early starting to loving books and reading books uh, at that early age, which, of course, just grows through life and, and makes – just everything easier in school and, and learning and uh, aptitude and stuff like that. So really do appreciate that that wonderful program and, and all that you do for it. Thank you. And I do want to mention, too, uh, you know, the books are not free, so that's why we have the race. Um, for the 500 children we have in the program now, we do have some, of course, that graduate and, and that are newly enrolled. But it's it costs us a little over fifteen, sixteen thousand dollars a year to be able to provide those books, and with all the new residents were co- that were coming to Hernando, I'm sure those numbers will grow, which we're glad for. But that's why we we put the race on, and that's why we look for our donations. Again, so if you're looking to donate, uh, looking to run the race, please th- think about it. Again, second Saturday in October, uh, Water Tower 10K, uh, and just a, a wonderful, I mean, 500 runners, probably if it's not the largest, it has to be the next to the largest race uh, in DeSoto County every year. Uh, so just a wonderful event. And usually pretty cool, a de- decent temperature, but you're right, it is a very hilly course. So if you want to walk it, you, you better uh, maybe maybe walk once or twice before the, uh, before the event. Uh, well, really do appreciate your time this morning. Is there anything else you want the listeners to know that I, we haven't asked or haven't covered yet this morning? We just were uh, we were just notified by the Mississippi Development Authority and Visit Mississippi that we received a new grant again. All right, uh, four thousand dollars to help us market our Dickens of a Christmas and two thousand to help us market our ten k race. So we're excited about that. Help with that, but of course, as you said, it takes forty-five thousand for the tickets yes. for Christmas, so a lot more to go. So, uh, please reach out to the city. Please reach out to Gia uh, if you're interested in helping with sponsor that. Well, Gia, again, we really do appreciate your time this morning coming in and just uh, letting us know kind of what's happened, uh, what is happening, and then what kind of what the future looks like. Uh, I'm very excited, of course, about the second half of the year, the two main events that you mentioned, but everything going on in the farmers market and the city, uh, possible upcoming grants, and really excited about the app that you mentioned. Uh, that, that's something I had not heard. I had not, you know, we have definitely not talked about on here. And hopefully by the middle of August, we'll be able to download that and be able to kind of just click and go. And, and instead of having to pull up the website, and which I do have a wonderful ca- calendar on the city's website, but to be able to have it right there at the touch, be able to pull it up and maybe even to be able to register for stuff or look for stuff is just an absolutely fantastic idea. And we do appreciate your work on that. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here. Derek, wonderful job. Thank you so much for sitting down with Gia, talking to her more about um, what she does for the city, the different grants. It's amazing the things that we take for granted, the linear park we're walking on, the track we're walking on, the, the fact that we can play tennis at Church Park or mm-hmm. Conger Park. Gia Matheny is the person to thank for those things, not the only person. Definitely uh, people help her, of course, but um, just does a wonderful, wonderful job. And we really want to say thank you to Gia for an opportunity to, to interview with us. Well, Derek, we're going to finish our show with a few things. Uh, It's been hot lately, been very hot. 
uh, electricity is at an all-time high. Uh, it's very, very hot. And TVA put some simple uh, facts or simple little tidbits to help you when it comes to your air conditioning bill right now. We're going to get that to just a second to finish the UTW podcast. But, Derek, tell us all about the official lawn spraying company of the UTW podcast. Since 2001, Green King Spray Services has been helping home and business owners enjoy lush, healthy, weed-free outdoor living spaces. They refuse to settle for the status quo, continuously researching and testing the very latest methods, products, and strategies to ensure your lawn looks better than the other guys. With technicians trained and educated, with hours of continuing education and seminars each year, Green King is committed to doing everything they can to make and keep you satisfied. You can reach them at 662-892-8419, again 662-892-8419, or visit them on their website at greenkingspray.com. Remember, if you want it green, call the king. Podcast continues to be brought to you by Williams Services. Williams Services is a veteran-owned and operated business with years of experience in lawn care, landscaping, mulching, and so much more. Owner Richard Williams and his team can assist you with a multitude of outdoor home needs, whether it's leaf removal, tree trimming, summer cleanups, soon-to-be fall cleanups, any project on the outside of your home or office, Richard can help. Give him a call. Let him come out, take a look, give you a price. If he can't do the work for you, he'll help you find someone who can. Richard is the kind of guy that you want to work with. Call him today at 662-292-8855. That's 662-292-8855. Or find more information about Richard and his team on Facebook at Williams Lawn Services. Again, that's Williams Lawn Services on Facebook. DeSoto Family Dental Care has been a presence under the water tower with over 60 years of combined dental experience. Dr. Seymour, Dr. Paroli, and Dr. Trotter are committed to providing a gentle and caring approach while focusing on the aesthetic beauty and long-lasting health of your smile. DFDC makes use of modern technology such as digital scanning, intraoral cameras, digital x-rays, and autoclave sterilization. An in-house lab allows your dentist to be fully involved in the lab process and the end result. You can be confident that the goal of each staff member is to create a comfortable environment to provide you with relaxing, personalized dental care. Visit their office today to see the difference and give them a call at 662-429-5239. Again, 662-429-5239. Well, Derek, what a fun show we've had, uh, like we joking around about Ole Miss and celebrating that, discussing the different fireworks with Alderman. Had a wonderful interview with Gia Matheny. Um, but, look, guys, it is hot outside. It is very hot. Continues to hit triple digits. And what's funny, Derek, when I'm doing the stuff here at Mobile Cars and Vans, I have to get in so many cars every day, and you get into them, and it's just like, oh, my God, I'm in a new car. I'm in another car. It's hot as oh, – it, it takes 10 minutes oh to cool God. down. I, it's just so bad. And, you know, by the time you've washed it, cleaned it, whatever, the air is finally working really Really well and you got to get out and get another one so that's kind of the way it goes well tell us some hints from tva when it comes to helping us with our ac bill go okay they put this out so we want to make sure everybody's aware of this and, and please you know I, there's there's going to be one i'm going to save the best one for last man i'm sure we'll have a good conversation about the last one i'm going to combat you on some go ahead oh yeah all right so there's six things six, six items six items that they're, they're asking you to do number one unplug electronics when not in use this is to help with your energy and electric bill okay like uh like if you're not charging your cell phone unplug the charger no, like if uh, you're if you have a clock that's not being used, if you if you put you plug your computer in at night and just leave it going all right. night, gotcha. you know, stuff like that. Once once it's mostly charged, pull it out of the wall. Um, you know, I don't know how you unplug <laughs> anything else. I mean, that's like the, okay, the stove me, has a clock. I don't know if I'm going to plug my stove anyway. But yeah, stuff like that. So that's one one small hint. Let me, let me hang on. I'll go. We'll go one by one, then I'll comment yeah. on both all on right. all of them. 
We live in freaking America, okay? <laughs> okay? We live in freaking America, the most amazing country in the history of the world. In the history of the world. We have what's called, um, I mean, what's it called when a computer turns off for itself? It's power saver mode. Yeah, yeah power saver. Shut up. Just yeah, power saver mode. I like to walk up and touch my mouse and the daggum thing works. <laughs> so TVA, you turn your computers off. We live in America. Quit with that crap. Also, what's you know, if, uh, un, this is mostly, prob- there's, there's probably um, a lot of people out there that like to do lamps on or turn every lamp on in the house at all times. But aren't you supposed to use lamps instead of all the uh, oh, yeah, overhead no, lights? Oh, yeah, lights, but like at nighttime, right. maybe one lamp for the whole house. Okay, one lamp, whole house, broken toe. Just uh, run into something. Hey, 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 hey. Your, your phones have a little flashlight. Oh, my gosh. I, I, look, I'm just TVA. No, okay, TV. What, do you have like a little flashlight next to you or next to your bed? I do have one. You actually, do, I, I, I think bed. I do too. Yeah. Next, use major appliances early in the morning or late at night. Okay. So if you're washing clothes, washing dishes, anything like that, run those late at night or early in the morning. Okay. Helps with the, uh, the electricity. Okay. Next. <laughs> I got no comment on that. Fire up the grill. What about a toaster? I like to use my toaster in the morning. Okay, well, I mean, as long okay. as you unplug it and put it away I when gotcha. you're done with it. I do. Fire up the grill. This is number three. Okay. Use your grill outside for cooking rather than indoor kitchen appliances. Okay, what so, if I want to use my grill inside? That would be a bad idea <laughs> any season, any weather, okay. at any time in the history. Um, no, so, you know, like if you want your eye, you know, if you leave yeah. on, that's going to heat up your kitchen. Right. Your stove's going to heat up your kitchen. Okay. May want to cook outside to save on that. Next. Keep blinds and curtains closed on the sunny side of your home. I, I do. I do agree with that. I, I definitely agree that, with that. That'll keep the sun out. Keep your you know, trying to maybe one or two degrees cooler. Close those blinds. Hey, are there any two words that are cooler than that? Sunny side. That's sunny a good, side. That's uh, a sunny good side up. One of my favorite things for eggs. Is sunny really side good. up. I love that. Next, use ceiling and floor fans to keep air moving in your home. Seems pretty. I mean, it's, it's battery powered. Solar powered. That's what they prefer. Solar powered. Solar, solar powered. Ba- you get battery powered fans. Yeah, you can. Um, and then Matt, the last one. I'm, I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you comment. Well, on I know one. what's coming. Keep it at what degree? Keep <laughs> the, the thermostat. Set the thermostat. Seventy-four. Seventy-eight or higher. What? I'm, I'm letting you see it. Okay. Seventy-eight or higher. All right. So real quick, we're gonna tag the TVA in this thing. <laughs> let me go ahead and tell you. Let me go ahead and tell you who's not keeping their air conditioner at 78, seventy-eight. Seventy-eight. The people that run the TVA. Seventy-eight. <laughs> to heck with you. I knew to that would be your favorite. You. So seventy-eight degrees. Seventy-eight degrees or higher will really will. It, Where's the TVA in the state of Mississippi? TVA is like uh, um, Madison. Yeah, no, no, no. Oh, it's in Corinth. No, energy is like most of Mississippi's energy. This right. is like the north okay. east corner okay. because TVA is basically out of, out of Tennessee. Olive Branch has TVA. That's okay. Hernando and South Haven have energy. I know some of the guys that work at the TVA. Yeah, so like, the so North, north Central is okay. TVA. Those guys do not put their. I know a couple of them. They don't put their air conditioner. Don't put on seventy eight. Okay, no chance. Yeah, so basically, it's like northeast Mississippi starting at Olive Branch all the way across. And I don't know how far south it goes. It's not too far south because the majority of Mississippi, including Hernando, is energy. So, again, this is from TVA, but some helpful hints. Keep your – Matt, why don't you turn your heat on 78? 78. Turn, turn your air conditioner on 78. See how that works for a day. You don't. You run it way below 78. I, I do it at 75. 75? Mm-hmm. Let's, let's bring it on down. I do, I do it at 75. Let's I mean, bring it on down. Or actually, early in the morning. Wait, wait, wait. You sleep in your bedroom at 75? It's not fun. I do have a – but I have a fan literally on my face. Oh, come on, D. I do have, yeah, 75. 73, dude. You wouldn't even notice the difference. <laughs> I don't you know. would not TVA's even notice. TVA's telling me I notice the Screw difference. Screw TVA. They have houses at Pickwick that they're whatever, <laughs> man. Tack with that. Get, give me 73. Just celebrate a little bit at 73. What <laughs> about 72? We'll I mean, 72 is amazing. Ooh, 72. You wouldn't even notice. Hey, you know what the funny thing Wait, is? didn't you just get a brand? Didn't you get two? Just, didn't you get, just get two? No, years? no, no. Don't drink. I got, I got water heaters, not, not air conditioning. Oh, I'm, I'm not going to run. Not oh, got, I better I come check that. Just uh, no, because here's the thing. Because this is what I always love. People like, 
75, my God, you're sweating. But like in the wintertime, my wife's begging me. I was like, look, you want 75 in December. No, Here's no, 75. Like, what are we fair. talking about right no, now? You're not playing fair. Yeah. No, yeah, you're not yeah. playing fair. Because you leave it on 68 in the wintertime. That's correct. That's wrong. That is correct. Now you're begging me to put it on 68. No, no, you can't. If it's outside 103, and you're saying, well, 75 is great. No, if it's outside 34, give him a freaking break, dude. Come on. Hey, 64, 68 is 34 degrees warmer. There's no and way. And at 75, it's 30 degrees cooler than Here's what I'm going to do. Here's what I'm going to do. Telling, I'm, just, I'm just saying. Right. I'm going to start. Really, I am. I'm going to start giving your daughter $20 a month. No, no, so no. So she can turn her bedroom uh, up to 70. Actually, hers is the cool. Somehow, no, hers no, no, is no. the coolest I'm talking about the, the winter. Oh, wintertime. I know hers is the hottest. No, like literally, she has the best ventilation because it's right next to the attic. Okay. That's yeah. one. So she, she's fine. Yeah. I'm sorry, big lane children, <laughs> that you have to live like this and so forth. But look. We've had a great show, a lot of fun. Thank you again, Gia Matheny, for coming in, giving of her time to help the city, giving her time and what she does. And, and one thing she led with there was she loves Hernando, Mississippi, and those are the kind of people you want to see in place, people that love the city of Hernando, people that are working for the city that care about how well it does. And, uh, Derek, we care about how well the UTW Podcast does. And if you'd like to advertise with the UTW Podcast, email us at underthewatertowerinfo at gmail.com. Again, that's underthewatertowerinfo at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook at UTW utw podcast on instagram at utw podcast and on twitter at utw pod if you enjoy our show share it with friends and family wherever you listen to our show apple google spotify give us a five-star review helps us move up when it comes to local podcasts you can also find a link there at any of those providers and share it with your friends send it via text send it via email we'd love to continue to grow and let people know what we're doing right here under the water tower if you enjoy our show, you'll love OB Pod. Simply stands for Olive Branch. They release a brand new show every Monday morning covering the eastern side of DeSoto County. They also deep dive into Lewisburg, Olive Branch, and Center Hill Athletics. OB Pod. Look them up today. Our Friday show always ends the same way. Please consider visiting a local church this weekend. Any church you see out there, pass by it numerous times as you go to work, to and from, or just you've noticed that's something you like about a church, find them on Facebook, find a website. They're going to have their worship times. Please consider visiting a local church this weekend, especially even consider going to a Sunday school class, becoming involved, becoming a, a part of that group. We really, really think you'll enjoy it. Well, Derek, if you go to Omaha, good luck. If you go and we have to play on Monday, I understand you're there. I'll take care of the UTW podcast. Okay. That's not a problem. I will, I will, I'll fly solo. I've done it before. I can do it again. Um, I can't promise you we won't play a ton of Dixie and uh, <laughs> stuff like that. All the Ole Miss – every Ole Miss song you can Four imagine. Rebels. Four, that's fine. There's plenty of. Oh, are you? Will you play? If we win, will you play the uh, song again? The the, the no, that song. song's terrible. No, no, that's a no, no, no. That song's terrible. We hey, no, no, we lost because that song just the other day. So we're good. <laughs> we're, we lost. We lost. It carried over five. Yeah. a week. Exactly. Ole Miss fans, if you're traveling to Omaha. Be careful. Enjoy it. Hope you can uh, maybe listen to the show as you travel. Hotty toddy to all you fans out there. It's really, really exciting. A lot of Mississippi State fans the other day, they were kind of cheering against us in the Sunday school class, but that's okay. We're not going to hate them. Ooh, we're not going to really? hate them. Yeah, they were cheering against us, and they were like, no. We're, they were upset because Ole Miss, was like, just within a year, was kind of going to steal some thunder, and they weren't happy about it. Well, so, we, we still got to win two games. Hey, we got a long way to go, but we'll, we'll, we'll be cheering them on. Well, Derek, if there's nothing else, I'm Matt. And I'm Derek. Join us next time under the Water Tower. 